You are listening to Almost Got Him, a Batman the Animated Series podcast. And now, your hosts, Brandon and Jimmy. I threw a rock at him. We're recording, right? Yes, we are. I'm Brandon. Hi, I'm Jimmy. And this is Almost Got Him, a podcast about Batman, the animated series. How are you doing today, Jimmy? I don't know. I'm just so I'm just so scared, Brandon. Oh, but Jimmy, there is nothing to fear. Because that's right, this week we are looking at episode 10 of Batman, the animated series, entitled Nothing to nothing Fear. Nothing to Fear. It's not something to fear. It's, it's nothing, nothing to, to fear. fear. Oh. The opposite of something would be nothing. It's, oh. I don't know. I don't remember the follow-up li- lyric there. Uh, what what is that we're singing? What better is that? Better than nothing. Better than something. Something. I don't know. It feels like it would be a Guardian song. N- nothing. Nothing comes from nothing. What is that? Like I feel like we're getting really deep right now. This this seems like a tangent that's weird from the Scarecrow commentary we're supposed to be doing or the podcast we're doing. But we digress. Yes. So today we are going to explore the episode "Nothing to Fear," which has. Uh, for those who haven't figured it out yet, Scarecrow is the main villain of this particular piece. Are you a big Scarecrow fan? Uh, I am a uh, Scarecrow fan. I guess this is, again, this is where I first uh, was aware of the character. Uh, same here, same here, yeah. And I guess when I think about Scarecrow, and I say this a lot, again, I go back to this particular version of Scarecrow, but I do have a few thoughts about the particular version of Scarecrow that I guess we'll get to as we talk about this particular version of Scarecrow. So <laughs> same here, same here. Yes. I've got some thoughts that uh, yeah. might be a hot take. I, I think I may have some too. Oh, I think okay, I may okay. have some too that are very similar. So nothing to fear was the tenth episode of Batman the anime series. It was the third episode produced. Um, it aired. This episode aired September fifteenth of nineteen ninety two. It's directed by Boyd Kirkland yet again, who's. We like, are like four for four or something like are, that with, Kirk, with Kirkland episodes. We This is Boyd Kirkland's world, and we are just living in it. This, at this is point. right. Uh, Nothing to Fear was written by Henry Gilroy and uh, also written by Sean Catherick Derrick. Sean Catherick, man, say that. Sean Catherine Derrick, who... Uh, that just sounds like random people you just said. It's, it sounds like three random names. Uh, she... Uh, took the draft and kind of fine-tuned it a bit because Henry Gilroy was not a traditional writer, which we'll probably get into a little bit later. Uh, Production-wise, this was the final appearance of Clive uh, Reville's voice as Alfred Pennyworth. I really like his take on Alfred, too. It it, it, it still feels off for me because I'm used to, you know, the, other the, voice, the yeah. usual voice, mm-hmm. but uh, I feel like he's a bit sassier. He has more of a musical way about yeah. his voice, yeah. um, not theatrical. I, yeah, that, I, 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 it always sticks out to me. I was like, "Oh, this is a different. This is the different outfit voice." But uh, it works. You know, though, it I works. Think. It's fine. It's just it's different. Uh, your ears like not used to it. Uh, this episode features the first appearance of Thomas and Martha Wayne. Well, Martha Wayne's only shown in a uh, picture, but this is the first time we kind of hint at Batman's origins. The first Martha. Time, yeah. Martha. Why did you say that name, Brandon? It's my mother's name. Oh my God! Continue on about Martha. Yeah, Martha. Martha Wayne and Thomas Wayne. They in the comics they first appeared in Detective Comics uh, issue thirty three. That was for those keeping count the uh, sixth appearance of Batman in comics. Period. 
Bob Kane and Bill Finger uh, wrote and illustrated the origin story, which I think only took place in like two pages, but mm-hmm. those two pages like made that entire mythology. Brandon, you paused. I have nothing to add. So continue. <laughs> I'm just listening to you talk about Scarecrow, you know. Well, right now I'm talking about the Waynes. Oh, let's talk about the Wayne. I see. I'm not even. I swear I'm listening. Jim, you're okay. not even listening. Let's hear. Let's Because I just said Martha. Let's hear more about the Waynes. I mean, they've been passed away for years, but let's already hear more about them. So, in the comics, uh, Batman, uh, Thomas, and Martha Wayne are actually gunned down by a small town, small time criminal named Joe Chill. Uh huh. Yeah. I did not uh, a lot of. Uh, I say a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people think he his parents were killed by one Jack Napier. Uh, because of Batman 89, mm-hmm. there's a twist of in there where we find out that the Joker in his past life actually is the man who gunned down Martha and Thomas Wayne. That was old Sam Hamm, I think, wrote that uh, that 89 script. I think it was Burton's idea. Did you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight, Jimmy? I was asked that of all my prey. I just, I just like the sound of it. I actually think that that twist uh, works for that movie, Without it, yeah, there's just not a whole lot going on in '89. But other, I really, I really don't like that that's associated. But I'm fine with it for '89 because I think there's just not a lot else going on in the third act, so it works. Did they change that up in Batman Forever, by the way? Like who killed his parents? Um, a lot of that stuff is I don't know what they show. I forget. There's a lot of stuff that was cut from Batman Forever, uh, a flashbacky stuff. But I don't, I don't remember if you see a guy who's supposed to be Jack. I don't think you do. Hashtag release the Schumacher. Uh, y- cut. Yes, release that cut. It's the thing that people are that talking one about, I can so. get behind. Yeah, there's so much. There's a handful of stuff. It's like at least ten or fifteen minutes of, of stuff that made it a little a little less poppy and a little deeper, like something Schumacher would be into. Uh, so maybe one day, but I don't know. I don't know what they show. I don't think there's anything descript, uh, anything. Um, Real elaborate in that movie, as far as that the backstory is concerned. Uh, Thomas Wayne in this is voiced by somebody that you might recognize, Jimmy. He sounds a lot like Harvey Dent to me. Yes, Thomas Wayne is voiced by Richard Mull oh, in this episode. Bull. I see what you did there. <laughs> bull from the Night Court, you know. A uh, bunch of different people have uh, played. Of Thomas and Martha Wayne in various movies, TV shows, whatever. Uh, the one notable one I thought was Thomas Wayne was actually played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan in Batman v Superman. A lot of people don't really know notice that because you can barely kind of see him in those opening mm-hmm. credits. And I think Martha is Lady from The Walking Dead. Uh, Lauren Cohen, yeah, yeah. Oh, both they're both from The Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Maggie and Negan. Oh yes, I love Maggie. That's the farmer's daughter. Yes, correct? yes, yes. Uh, she's Maggie, actually British farmer's... too. Yes, she is. She's really good. That. She's in that movie, The Boy. Oh, she's in that. Yes, she is. Why are there two actors from Walking Dead? That's is that's that's Zack Snyder, correct? That did this film we're talking about. Correct? Oh yeah, yeah. He what did. is his? Why would? Why did he? I think he just liked them. Did he work with Dean Morgan on? Oh, Dean. Morgan. Yeah, Watchmen. 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 He was okay, a comedian. So yeah. There we go. He was, so. Lauren Cohen was the one that I was kind of wondering where he came up with her. Maybe, maybe perfect. Negan suggested it. I was like, I work with this girl in the show, and she brought her in. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out. It's just a weird connection. Now we figured it out, but still. And I, I will give Zack Snyder a lot of crap, but the guy does know how to film a scene. And I, I actually really liked how he shot the Batman origin at the beginning of Batman v Superman. Not a big fan of the movie, but I, I, I think that's beautifully, beautifully shot, that scene. Yeah, it's a good place to put it, and then you cut to 
Bruce running around downtown seeing the destruction from the previous movie. So yeah, it works, I guess. This episode of Batman the Animated Series also debuted a very, very iconic line. Would you like to recite that line, Jimmy? Uh, yes, I would. Um, uh, should I recite it, or should I just insert the, the clip? You know what? Why don't we just insert the clip? And here is said clip. No, not now. You are a disgrace. No, no, you are not my father. I am not a disgrace. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. So there is said clip. <laughs> it, and that said clip was used very highly in Cartoon Network's advertising campaign when the series joined the network back in the 2000s. Um, Kevin Conroy actually uses that quote to open up a lot of conventions uh, mm -hmm. when he does signings, when he does uh, pressers. And he also uses that, as we learned, in his cameos, which was pretty he, cool. He does. A lot of this material we'll be covering again in my synopsis. I'm just, gonna, <laughs> I'm just breaking that down to you. But yes, he does. He does. And he, he did it uh, in uh, this particular podcast, did he not? It, it's funny because, you know, watching it, I had... I don't. I didn't really remember this episode real well going into mm -hmm. watching it uh, yesterday, and I forgot that the line was actually a callback to a line from earlier in the episode, because Scarecrow says early in the episode, "I am fear incarnate. I am something. I am the Scarecrow." So oh, that's it was nice. A, it was. I never knew it was a callback. It rhymes. It's like a little rhyming stanza. Like a little, a little bit of poetry. A little bit of tone poem. Like For, uh, Scarecrow says his version, then Batman says his version, mm -hmm. and Batman wins the day. So mm -hmm. I, I dig that. I don't think I quite caught that. Gotham poetry. Gotham poetry. Speaking of Scarecrow, this episode debuts the Scarecrow, and that character is voiced by Henry Pollock II. Pollock is mainly known from Mork and Mindy and Murder, She Wrote. Uh, he played Scarecrow for five episodes in Batman the Animated Series, but was replaced... When uh, new bat when the new Batman Adventures came out with the actor known as uh, Jeffrey Combs, uh, Pollock unfortunately passed away in 2013 at the age of 68. Uh, he passed away from cancer, unfortunately. Oh dear. Now, Scarecrow, the character, first appeared in the comics in World's Finest Comics issue three, which came out in September of 1941. Scarecrow making Scarecrow one of his oldest adversaries in the comics. Wow, it goes back a while. Uh, Scarecrow's real name, of course, is Dr. Jonathan Crane. He was created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane. Uh, his costume and appearance and surname was actually inspired by, guess who? Ichabod Crane from uh -huh. The uh, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. In the comics, Scarecrow made two appearances in the 1940s, but he disappeared for a good two decades after that. After uh, he, his character was revived in the 60s. And no, Jimmy, Scarecrow was <laughs> not in Batman 66. He was not. There's no nods. There's no anything that I can think of to even connect uh, Scarecrow to 66. So, wah, 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 wah. Yeah, they, they say, they say the, the three biggest villains from that time that did not make the series were Poison Ivy, who we spoke about last week. Um... Two-Face, Two we're going to get to him, we promise. There is False-Face, they have a False-Face character, which yeah. I think was made to replace Two-Face. And there, there was like a Two-Face, like two-parter that was written as well by Harlan Ellison, correct? Yes, and that's made into a comic book? Like, yeah, comic yeah, books? they yes. brought it into a comic book. Or, I never it's read the it. Animated, they did that animated thing too, they, I think. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if that was 
the full script though. I think that might have been okay. inspired by it. I see. I got gotcha, you. But it, gotcha. it could it could have been. Yeah. Anyway, so I've I have not read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, yeah, uh, two uh, Two Face, Poison Ivy, and Scarecrow are the three main villains that did not show up in the show at, at that particular time. Now, ironically, Scarecrow's Fear Gas debuted before the Scarecrow did in the comic books. Uh, just a a year earlier, the villain known as Doctor Hugo Strange was the man who introduced the fear toxins mm-hmm. into the Batman mythology. Um, I'm guessing that kind of sparked some creative juices with Kane and F- Finger, and they're like, okay, maybe we should expand on this with this uh, Scarecrow-looking gimmick. Now, Scarecrow, over the years, has shown up in various other media, uh, a lot of d- different animated s- series and video games. Uh, Dio, Dino Andrade and John Noble... Or uh, played him in the popular Gotham video games. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you ever play the Gotham video games? Or the no. Arkham video games? No, I don't think I've ever picked up a controller to play any of those games. I think they look neat. They're um, really but good. I've just never, yeah, it just came out at a time where I just wasn't, it wasn't a thing I was doing. What I thought was the most interesting person to portray Scarecrow in video games was, uh, took place in Injustice 2. Uh, in Injustice 2, Scarecrow was voiced by one Robert England. Oh, really? Yes, Freddy. Freddy Krueger himself. Got a chance. Voice well, that's actually pretty good casting. That's I think perfect that's casting. Pretty great. Not just that. from, you know, kind of his background, but yeah. his voice, I think, would be perfect. Yeah, I think he'd be great well. for that. Um, Scarecrow has been portrayed in live action a couple times. Uh, Charlie Tahan and David uh, W. Thompson played him in the Gotham series. What's up, by the way, with Gotham having, like, two people play each villain, I feel it's like? It's kind of weird. I don't know. If they, they just do it, and then they're like, that didn't work. Let's try it again, and they just bring in someone else. I don't know how I that, could only watch one season of it, and that was a struggle. I didn't even get through um, the first season. A couple episodes, and I was like, I'm gone. I'm just like, that, that just wasn't for me. No. Uh, if you like it, good for you. It's just yeah. not, it's not our thing. Uh, I did not know this. The upcoming third season of Titans is going to feature Scarecrow as a main villain. And he will be played by Vincent Carthizer from uh, the Madman series. Oh yeah, I like that. I like that guy. I'm a Madman guy. So now the Scarecrow character most famously popped up in the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, played by one Cillian Murphy, who originally auditioned to play Batman, and he oh, really? was one of the final three people that mm-hmm. actually got screen tested for the part. Uh, Christian Bale obviously is one of them, and there was another guy. I don't. I didn't recognize the name, uh, made the final. The three of them did a screen test with Amy Adams, of all people. Um, Amy Adams was the original. I don't know if they originally had her pegged to play Rachel Dawes, but she did the readings with the three uh, potential Batman for the series, which I thought was a fun little bat fact. That is weird. If you want to talk about weird and Scarecrow in movies, we have to talk about Batman Triumphant or Batman Unchained, whichever you want to call it, the unofficial, what was going to be the third movie of the Joel Schumacher Batman trilogy. It's completing the Schumacher trilogy is what that would have would have done. Yeah, yeah, and the the villains for that movie, if it had been made, were going to be Scarecrow and Harley Quinn. Yes. Do you know who was originally offered the role of Scarecrow for Batman Triumphant? I do because I think he talked about it on the radio. Was it Howard Stern? No, but we were going to get there. No, okay, we're no get he there. was okay. considered. The original okay. person offered the part was Nick Cage. Oh, my God. Which, how how do you think that would have played out? I mean, going along with those movies and that trajectory, 
I can see why they would. Do well, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, they had to have like the biggest stars. Yeah. in the movies. Yeah, which was it was kind of cool, but it was kind of you know step casting. That as well. was Con Air time, and that was what was going on. So yeah, he would have been he would have been a name. Yeah, Howard Howard, Howard Stern was in consideration, which I couldn't believe that was real. I yeah. I remember my dad telling me that when I was young, but. I, I honestly thought he just kind of came up with that. That was just stunt casting. It might have, they may not even it might have been something they and, mentioned to him. And who knows if it he and, would have never have done that. But and you, I mean, I think he would have been horrible just from like the acting standpoint. But yes. from a look standpoint, I I can see why he would kind of why Sch- Schumacher would kind of want him. Right, he's really tall. He's lengthy. Uh, very like you know skinny guy. Mm-hmm. But I just can't see that voice with the stereo. No, not at all. Not his recognizable Baba Booey. voice. No, no. Um, another consideration was Jeff Goldblum, uh, which well, I think that, that could have been fun. That is much more. I can I can totally see that. And this, you got to remember, this is like late '90s Jeff Goldblum yeah. too. So this is uh, fresh off of Lost Independence World, Day and those kind yeah. of that had already come. And yeah, Lost World. Yeah. So, but the other person who claims to have uh, been offered the part, and this is the weirdest of them all. Coolio. Have uh, you heard about that? No, I have not heard yes, that Yes, Coolio, Coolio has gone on the record multiple times and said that he was in consideration and even offered at one point the Scarecrow part. Well, wait, wasn't Coolio in Batman Forever? I thought he was, yeah. He's one of the, he's in that scene. like the, the Maybe dra- they the were trying to tie scene. that together, maybe. So he ends up being the Scarecrow? That, he was offered the part, yeah. Or was he in, who was in Daredevil? He was in Daredevil. Okay, though, but so. I think he's in that. I the director's got. The director's got a Daredevil. And Vogue is there. Yeah, am that I, is true. Am I pulling these things out of my ass? You these are be. real things. I'm, I'm saying right. And Vogue is there, and and so is um, Coolio. Yeah. Okay. I really hope that's true. I think that's all there in that <laughs> movie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that that concludes my bat facts for the week. If you would like to begin the synopsis, go for it. You have nothing to fear. Well, or everything to fear. From my synopsis. Uh-oh. So, we talked Nothing to Fear, written by Henry T. T. Gilroy and the three people who wrote it, which is, which is Sean, Catherine, and Derek, <laughs> and directed by Boyd Kirkland, our old friend. Real, oh, real quick, uh, Bruce Tim has actually said that he hates this episode because... Uh, That's interesting. Well, apparently uh, David Gilroy was not a writer. He was a uh, film editor that wanted a shot at writing, mm-hmm. and... Basically, all the main writers had kind of their plates full at the time, and they had to throw this episode to somebody, so they decided, okay, let's go with Gilroy. Let him try. And apparently, they read it and just like, oh, this is not not good. That's why Sean, I keep wanting to call her Sean Patrick Flannery. Uh, what's, what's her name again? It's... That is uh, Sean Catherine Derrick. Sean Catherine Derrick. Yeah, so Sean Catherine Derrick, she came in. And they thought she would fix things, and everything that she revised, they were not really that happy with. Oh, but they sorry, Sean. They went ahead and produced Catherine it because you know time was of the essence. But yeah, Bruce Tim thinks it's uh, the episode has bad pacing and mediocre writing. We'll talk about mediocre writing. Here comes my synopsis for Nothing to Fear. Sweet transitions. So we open this episode at Gotham U, where some extras are giving some exposition about how the college has gone to pot. As we get the return of intrepid reporter Summer Gleason, bothering professors like a lawyer chasing cars in a bad 80s movie about a current string of robberies. Her and a crusty old professor bump into Bruce Wayne in an elevator, 
and the professor hands Bruce his ass about ruining his father's legacy. Yeah, he was a little, little stiff there. He was. <laughs> a lot of exposition and setup in the first few moments of this episode, to be sure. So maybe that goes back to um, Bruce Timm's uh, problems with the episode. There is a lot of exposition and setting up right yeah, off the beginning, yeah. right off the bat. The pacing. Pacing. Job. Yes. And then we cut the scarecrow just flying a helicopter. Just like that. I thought it was just flying I, I a helicopter. It was odd that, you know, he has all these henchmen. Why is he doing all the work of like flying the helicopter? Yeah, I don't understand this at all. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very weird. So the bad guys blow their way into the bank, and then we get the official reveal of the scarecrow, but we just saw him flying a helicopter. Okay, well, that's fine. That's what, just fine. What do you think of his design? Oh, so we're just going to talk about this now, huh? Oh, no, we can jump into, <laughs> we can jump into it. Continue. We'll, we'll um, get there. We'll get there. So a security guard reading a Tiny Toons comic book, that's the second time we've seen that in the run of the show, leaps into action, but is sprayed by Scarecrow's gas and suddenly begins seeing invisible spiders as Scarecrow reveals his toxin makes people see their worst fears. Yes. Brandon, what is your worst fear? Ha! I put you on the spot this time, so what is it? Hmm. I actually had something planned for this. Today. Oh no! See, we don't we don't work this out. We don't work this out. We just throw it at. We just throw it all in. It's like a bouillabaisse. My my, uh, my biggest fear is uh, failure and probably commitment. Commitment's a huge one for me. So says the man who's getting married. Oh, we'll we'll talk about that later. So are <laughs> you are you going to spring that question on me later? Because I won't answer now. I'll ask when you spring it on me. I'll spring it on you later. Okay, and. Spoilers, I have no answer. <laughs> I put that in and didn't have an answer for myself, so that makes perfect sense. So Scarecrow and his goons start looting the bank with plans to burn the rest. Scarecrow makes a point to name drop one of his goons. His name is Nigel. Nigel. I just Nigel. found this precious. I don't know why. And he wasn't like British or anything. No, just his name just... is Nigel. Hey, uh, by the way, I have a friend named Nigel. If you're listening to this, Nigel, hey, so Batman enters, and after a tussle with Nigel, or maybe it was the other guy, I don't really remember, succumbs to the Scarecrow's toxins and begins seeing Mufasa. Wait, did I just say Mufasa? You said Mufasa. I mean, he begins seeing his father, who says, return to Pride Rock. And a bit. Wait, did I just say return to Pride Rock? And a bit? But I mean, he says, if you have failed me, son, now here's 50 cents. Run down to the corner and get me a goddamn newspaper. <laughs> so the police show up, and Bullock is there to give Batman some crap. Man, he's kind of a prick. In this he, one. he is, and Gordon is there to give Bullock crap. It's a vicious cycle. I hope one day they all three sink counseling. Or at least do a group, group hug or we something. Need to, we, need to, we need to make that happen. So now it's time for Scarecrow to tell his henchmen his backstory. I guess they've never heard this before or are too dumb to remember it. But really, this info is just for us. I, yeah, I bring that up later in, in the, our uh, awards. Oh, we've got some awards coming. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, I, I'm beginning to see what Bruce Tim was talking about. Some of these yeah. things do yeah. stick out. It, yeah. it, it, yeah. Once you once you hear that, it just sticks out like a it's short thumb. It's clunky. A little bit, a little bit. Scarecrow reveals that he was that kid in your kindergarten who used to put bugs in girls' hair and just be a general creep to everyone, and then he got his doctorate on that very thing. Well, I, at least kudos to him for going to school for all that time. Yeah, putting you know in what? The work. He's a doctor. He's yeah. a doctor. We are, we I are not. I particularly love this part where he's experimenting with putting rats all over people and taking notes on exactly what happens when you take away the puppy. That's a Ghostbusters 2 reference. I shouldn't have to explain myself. But it is Ghostbusters 2. It's true. Yeah. So now I can start calling Scarecrow Dr. Crane, because that really helps when you're doing these synopsis, when you have some other name to call them. It breaks up a not monotony that's inside baseball, but pay it no mind. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Bruce is having nightmares of his father after being subjected to Scarecrow's fear toxins. But never fear, 
Alfred is there to give him a pep talk. And some of his all-purpose chicken soup. Is this another chicken soup setup for the third act or like that Mr. Freeze episode? Unfortunately, it is not. You're just going to have to wait and see or don't because it isn't. Yeah. So Scarecrow and Scarecrow and Nigel, oh Nigel, and other goons show up to a museum benefit and start gassing people, and take that crabby old professor from Act One hostage. So what is he, what is Scarecrow trying to do here? Is he just causing havoc? Is there like an end game for him? Well, wasn't he? He used to go to this. To, oh yeah, everything's the university. It's I need uh, I need uh, to get payback to the university. Oh, uh, fun fact: uh, the original script had Scarecrow using the fear toxin. To extort money from Gotham's elite instead of the uh, university. I think this, this. I think this is better. You, oh, you do. Yeah, I think this is better. Yeah. I like tying it back to the college. It feels a little bit more focused. Which, yeah, that's that's nice. Batman shows up and the frightened patrons start attacking him out of fear. Which that's not really the way that works. But uh, whatever I, you do, you episode. All you know? of a sudden, they all fear a giant man bat. Yes, and but when I fear something, I don't run and attack it. I kind of yeah. run the other way. But I don't know. I just, I just I, closed my eyes we, and cried. We needed some kind of a, a, a. You needed to keep him busy while the bad guy got away. Whatever. You know? Yeah, it happens. Well, suddenly Batman is on a dirigible, which is fun. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> uh, it's cool, and everything. Everyone working on this knows it because they hold on it, and the music soars. It's a moment. It's a. It's. A moment, yes. And now another moment happens as Dr. Crane calls his other goon, Anthony. So we've got Nigel and Anthony. I have no idea why these characters have names. It Nigel feels like and a, Tony. It's like an in-joke with no punchline, but usually that's the best kind. Yeah. So Anthony fires a machine gun. The dirigible is out of control. Batman and Nigel are fighting on top with the moon in the background, and everything is awesome. And, and no one's slipping on top of the blimp, by the way. Nope, we're just hanging on and fighting in the moons yeah. in the background. And it's it's, it's, it's cool. like uh, Nigel's uh, done this before. Yes. So Anthony falls off the dirigible and lands on an awning, and there's a very abrupt cut. Did you notice the cut? He falls off uh, the dirigible, lands on an awning, and they cut immediately, and it seems like mm -hmm. something happened. I think it was a censorship. Like thing, maybe, he, maybe he hits the awning and bounces off and hits the ground. <laughs> I don't know. Something seems strange, and I just noticed the cut. I don't know. But he doesn't die, so that's lame. Oh, yeah. Uh, Batman climbs back up into the blimp and has to face the fear toxin once again, but overcomes it as he says, uh, of course, his now famous line. We'll cut to it one more time because we kind of have to. Here's the line again. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. And we're back. Ah. That's the line again. Of course, that was in commercials. Bumpers, so good. And Kevin said it. So good. So, you know, we all know that. So Batman fights Anthony. But Anthony is shot with the fear toxin and jumps out of the blimp. He lands on like a bonsai tree, but he doesn't die, so that's lame. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Dr. Crane escapes on a flying doohickey. As one does. As one does. And Batman flees with the crabby old professor under his arm. This is when Batman uses uh, the piece of the scarecrow mask he tore off in Act 1. Remember that happened? He tore oh, off a piece of it. I, I forgot yeah, about he that, tore actually. Off a piece of it and uses it to find Crane, who has accidentally got a dose of his own fear toxin. So now he has to face what he fears most as Batman morphs into a character from Disney's Gargoyles out of nowhere. I, I thought that was weird. Yeah, it was. It was a weird... I, I, they could have... It was fine, but I just pictured... Like, why a Gargoyle? Yeah, they could have... As, as we've seen in, like, the Clayface episode, that some of these third acts go... They take them... They take a really, turn. They take a th turn. This doesn't really quite go there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's fine. Batman turns Crane over to Gordon and Bullock, and we end with a Raimi Spider-Man vibes. Oh, yeah. As, I didn't think about yep, that. As Bruce leaves uh, roses on his parents' grave, finally accepting who he is, Vengeance, the Knight, Batman. And that is uh, that episode. What's it called? <laughs> Nothing it to Fear. Nothing to Fear. Nothing to Fear. That is the episode. So, Jimmy, you talked about how 
Batman ended right there, but let's talk about how Batman begins. Oh, yeah. Jimmy, what did you think of the opening title card of Nothing to Fear? I loved it. It has like very much like Mr. Boogity. Loved know? it. Yeah. Uh, just Scarecrow, just looking evil. And I just, yeah, I like it. It's probably my second favorite mm-hmm. so far. I, the the Joker's, Joker's favorite is still my favorite at yeah, this so point. Yeah, so far that's but, still the best, yeah. But for those who don't know, the title card, it's a, like a silhouette of a Scarecrow with a jack, jack-o'-lantern type like face. And it's just really haunting really eerie it sets the tone um it gives you an, you give you an idea of which villain you're dealing with mm-hmm. kind of it's very halloweeny make a great decoration yes. i think that I right away yep. dig it now we dug how batman begins but what quote did you dig the most because holy speech bubble batman jimmy what was your favorite quote from Nothing to Fear? Come on, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. You you yeah. you in that intro are there. We, are we going to play you, it again? You, you, know, <laughs> you know the quote. What else am I going to say? Hey, Nigel, come over here and help me. Like, it's, it's the quote. Here it is one more time. I am vengeance. I am the night. I... Of course it's going to be that. That is, that is when, I, when I reference the show, or if I make some joke, I'm, it's always going to be that quote. It just always is, you know. So I picked that quote as well, obviously, but I did pick a separate one just in case because I figured I figured we would be we would in agreement be a there. Yes. So my other one, it's very simple, it's very small, but it it highlights a relationship that I am all about in this show as well as the comic book itself, the relationship of Bruce Wayne and Alfred Pennyworth. I, I figured you'd say that. At the end, you know, uh, end of their scene together. It's only one scene, but it's very, very poignant. Uh, Bruce is kind of doubting himself because of the fear toxins and because of Dr. Long, Long ripping him a new one in that elevator mm-hmm. shaft, I think. Yes. And Alfred reassures Bruce with the line, I know your father would be proud, proud of you because I am so very proud of you. And I just thought that was a very nice, tender moment that made me, that kind of took me out of the show for a minute where I was like, oh man, that was, that was really nice. Very nice to have the setup with Dr. Long in the beginning. So you set up the idea that Bruce has doubts. Yeah. And Which then he gets is, here with the toxin and then that, and, that part actually and, is very smartly And you, you don't, you don't see Batman ever have doubts. No. And, and it's, I think it's so particularly powerful. great for this episode. So, um, that, that was definitely my favorite line of the episode. But who is your favorite character of the episode, Jimmy? Because wait till they get a load of me. Winged freak terrorizes. Wait till they get a load of me. Wait till they get a load of me, Jimmy. Who is your favorite character of Nothing to Fear? I'm going to say Scarecrow, even though I think he looks kind of (laughs) lame. I think he looks awful. We have to talk about that. He just looks lame, man. He doesn't look scary at all. He doesn't. And I keep, well, I won't say what I was about to say, because I got to save it for something else we're about to talk about. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like, yeah, he's just, I love how he looks just as a man. Like, he just looks he, a perfect, he looks very creepy, a slimy, like, yeah. just weird looking guy. And very I, Jonathan Crane. Yeah, I, I love that about it. But it's just something about. It's like also it, it's the cartoony mouth that moves when he's wearing a mask that I just find kind of strange. Like 
I, I don't like the look of the mask. And I, I know that we're going to, eventually this design changes to something much more like So, yeah. Thing, doesn't it? I was going to, did they do that in Batman the Animated Series? I'm not sure. They, I just know it They changes. retool them big time for yeah. New Adventures. Which, I, think they, I think they maybe go too far. But which, like, I think there should be like a, some, some sorry, like a, the mic. should be somewhere in the middle. Like a happy medium. Yeah, um... Say what you will about a lot of the redesigns for the new Batman adventures, mm-hmm. because I know a lot of them aren't that popular. I don't like a lot of them, no. but the Scarecrow redesign, yes, it might be a little overboard, but I think it's definitely an upgrade from oh, it, what it, we get here. It just popped into my head, actually, I think. Now I, I could picture it. And yeah, it's just it's just better than this. It's just, I don't know, it just seems kind of lame. Yeah, like, yeah. I know he's just this lame <laughs> professor, but like, I don't know, like... You should have a balance of he's this lame, wordy guy, but the scarecrow is like I am the scarecrow. Like it's just I don't know. It doesn't quite work. And I think you, you got to remember this was the third episode produced, so maybe it was still kind of early in the uh, creative juices of I think Bruce so. Tim and all of them because the first couple of because uh, a lot of your like grander designs come in the later this later produced episode. This is true. Of the show, but I, I am. I are you also saying that he is the the, the your favorite character? Huh? No, you're, you're no, not. No, okay, no. I guess I am. No, just you because, are. Because yeah. I do like the Scarecrow, uh, and I like the backstory, and I, I like a lot about. I mean, I like and I like the performance. I, I, the yeah, I, I I thought uh, Pollock did a really good uh, voice performance. Um, it, it's just something about the way it's. There's just no. There's no panache to the my way this my is thing. Done. The reason I didn't pick Scarecrow, I just didn't think. Yeah, I didn't think there was a lot to mm-hmm. him. There wasn't a lot to get excited about, like when we have Joker on there. Yeah, they're on Joker, Joker's favor. Or Poison Ivy last week. I'm pretty poisoned. Um, he's just kind of there, and he doesn't yeah. do a this whole, is true. whole lot. This is true. Um, my favorite character of the episode was actually is Batman. I, mm-hmm. He overcame his fears. He gave that brilliant line. Play it. I am vengeance. I am the. Uh, but honestly, it's kind of slim pickings this week. Uh, not a lot of characters to work with, and not a lot of them really stood out. But yeah, Batman. Um, Batman was my favorite character because uh, Scarecrow, this uh, who's a character that has so much potential. I feel like the, that potential was not realized in Nothing to Fear. This is true. I do agree with that. Now we go from our favorite character to our least favorite character, Jimmy. Who do you give the Condiment King Award to for Nothing to Fear? I'm going to give it to that old Dr. Long. Thank you. That's who I picked, too. It's just like, you He's know. a straight-up prick. Like, Bruce Wayne has put a lot of money in this college, man. And I know there's just, like, some guy that's dressed like a scarecrow that's running around yanking anybody's chain. But just don't, don't give this guy some crap in an elevator with this reporter there. I mean, I just, I don't like this character. I don't and, like this guy. And also, doesn't he have something to do with oh, how Scarecrow became a villain? Because they had, like, a history, right? Uh, I I think so. And, I mean, he explained it to us, but I wasn't listening. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Long, there's, like, no redeeming qualities about him. There's no. nothing to like about him. He's just a, uh, he's an a-ho. Yeah, and he's just there to set up that thing at the beginning of the doubt, and then he just kind of stays around. It's like, okay, fine. I mean, you saved him, I guess. It's mm-hmm. just like, whatever. And we're going to jump from our least favorite character to our most favorite moment, Jimmy. Let's get nuts. Yeah, this Jimmy, let's get nuts. What is your favorite moment of Nothing to Fear? Uh, I just did not, as I was rewatching, I was like, there's a dirigible? Uh, I forgot about that. And is this the second dirigible or blimp we've seen? Isn't there like this, a blimp uh, we, in the, well, on we the saw, wings? We saw the one with the, in the Man Bat. Yeah. The Man Bat. Because uh, Kevin Conroy was uh, 
the guy flying. That's that. right. That's right. So yeah, that whole sequence of Batman just like fighting. Which uh, that was the first one produced. This was the third episode produced. Okay, so Man, they're that's even worse. They're very heavy. <laughs> yeah. They went heavy dirigible on early, the early. Yeah, but it's hard not to like Batman fighting. Uh, I don't know if it was Nigel or Anthony on top of the blimp. Uh, that stuff is really cool. I also like at the end, and we talked about the ending of uh, the Spider-Man uh, ending, but when Bruce walks away and in his shadow, that's, you can see the cape. That's my favorite. Yeah, I, that's your favorite. Well, that, moment, that's yeah. that. Yeah, I, uh, that's a very comic book thing. Oh, where it's you great. Have a it's very great. maudlin yeah. moment with somebody in mm-hmm. their secret identity, and then mm-hmm. you have the shadow of Perfect. the hero in back. Yeah, that was a really really good moment. That I picked that for my favorite moment. And obviously, the quote is going to be there as it's one huge. of my favorite moments. It's really um, huge. And once again, Bruce and Alfred's exchange made me feel like warm and gooey inside. Um, yeah, not not the most memorable episode, but the few moments that are good are like, they're great. So, we go from great moments to not so great moments. Jimmy, what is your Martha moment of nothing to fear? Martha, why did you say that name? Oh, stop! Please, why did you say that name? It's his mother's name. Uh, I'm going to go back to the Scarecrow reveal. Um, oh, okay. That's good. I just good did choice. not like cutting to him, the man dressed as a Scarecrow, flying the helicopter. Like, why isn't Anthony or Nigel flying that? Or just don't show him. Like, the, the reveal, when they actually reveal him and he steps off the ladder thing in the yeah. bank or whatever, that's fine and that works. But, like, why did we see him before that? It just feels, like, sloppy. It's just kind of sloppy. Um, so that stuck out to me, and uh, as I was watching, I was like, that, that doesn't work. It's not how you reveal the villain. So that's it. That's what I got. Yeah, my Martha moment is, uh, we, and we've already kind of touched on them already, but uh, Scarecrow doing the exposition-heavy scenes mm-hmm. where he's explaining uh, to his henchmen everything about him. I'm like, wait a minute. You guys have been working with this guy. You should know yes. that he uses fear toxins on right. people. You should know his M.O. I mean, you signed up for this, right? And they just you made, to know what you got they, into. They made the guys real dumb. Like, what? What is he now? He's a professor. You know, they do stuff like that. Just okay, they're dumb and they don't know anything. But it's like mm-hmm. you're just doing that, so he has to tell them. Um, and yeah, it just felt like sticky. Like, isn't there some other way to like get this information out? I like the stuff though. I, again, I like seeing Doctor Crane like having subjecting people to like uh, rats or whatever that mm-hmm. stuff. That stuff was yep. really fun. It's just. I don't know. Just the the monologuing seemed a little weird. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. I didn't like everybody attacking the big mm-hmm. bat, uh, the big giant Batman uh, when they had when no. Mm-mm. All of a sudden, all their all their greatest fears was a huge bat yeah. person, and they all attack him. I thought that was dumb. Mm-hmm. And also, are we not going to address that the blimp just crashed into a building, probably killing hundreds <laughs> of people? I know it's, it's just it's just free willing around Gotham, and it's like. Uh, it's great. So was he like, was the idea that he's going to, was the toxin supposed to like be all over Gotham? Is that what he was? I don't know. That's why I was asking earlier. I didn't really know what his end game was. Because it seemed like that was more, it was like, well, didn't, that, didn't they do that in the Batman Begins? It wasn't oh, the they did. Yeah, they put it in the water. They put it I in the, it I haven't seen it in a while. Like I thought he was like going to ride around because it seemed like they would cut to people in the street. That'd be pandemonium though. People yeah, just afraid of yeah. everything. But I thought that's what they, that never happened. Everything stayed with, with the dirigible as opposed to what's going on in Gotham. So I guess that's not the idea. Yeah. So every episode we do different different types of scoring and grading for this particular episode. One uh, one being the that lowest that we don't like the episode, five being that we love the episode. Jimmy, what are we scoring in this episode based on this week? Did you not come up with one this <laughs> week? 
Give me a second. Uh, this is going to be magic the way I come up with it. Here we go. I'm going to come up with it right now. Edit. We are going with free willing dirigibles with Batman on top. All right. How many free willing dirigibles with Batman on top would you give this episode? I'm going with two and a half free willing dirigibles with Batman on top. Now I'm going to go with two out of five. Free willing dirigibles with Batman and all We're that. very close. We're very close. We're on very that. close on this one, yeah. I'm not sure what puts me over half, but I just sort of picked something in there. It's what it was. I just didn't think this episode was all that great. Uh, yeah, Scarecrow's design is not not good. Um, the story doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, I love the quote. I love the Alfred stuff. I love the ending. But yeah, not. This is not an episode where if somebody is like, I want to watch it some episodes of Batman the Animated Series to see if I'm into it, you don't show them this episode. I was actually in the other room because I watched it a couple times and I, I heard the quote and I was like, it's the quote! And so I ran back and was like, it's in this episode! I didn't know what episode it was. I knew it was near the beginning so I knew, of the episode. So I was like, oh, this is the one with the quote because that's what this one is. It's that one with the quote. And the first Scarecrow. These yeah, are the two yeah. things that you know about this episode. Yeah. And it is also the first time you they talk about his parents being dead. Yes. The Batman's parents. And that stuff is particularly good. Yeah. So, Jimmy, we I bring up this question all the time, and I actually asked you in advance this week, if Scarecrow was to come back to live action in the movies, who would you have play Scarecrow? Um, I would actually go with uh, Loki himself, Tom Hiddleston. I think he'd be a great Scarecrow, actually. Oh, that would be, that would be yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Mine's a little, like... Out there, I think I, uh, you probably won't like it that much. I think George Michael himself, Michael Sarah, would be a fun one, just because he's very like tiny and awkward. I feel like he could pull off the doctor thing pretty well. And yeah, I just, I just for some reason see him as the part. For a minute, I thought I was going to tell you that he was dead, and I was like, oh, that's no, that's the actual no, that's, George that's Michael. That's the Arrested I'm Development. I'm sorry, what was I thinking? <laughs> oh, yes, Michael Sarah. Yes, I know Michael Scott Pilgrim himself. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know what he does anymore. I don't think he acts all that much. I, think I know he, just, he, re he retired years ago, then came out around uh, this is the end. I think. I think he's just a professional asshole at this point. I just, I just hear stories. I don't know. I hear, Hot take on Michael Sarah, ladies and gentlemen. I hear he might be a prick, but I don't know. I don't. I think know. he's just weird. Some people he's just, just a weirdo. People are weird. Yeah. Another person I think that would play him really well, but you I, you probably can't because he's already done DC movies in the past several years. And yes, he's an awful, awful Lex Luthor, but I, I feel like Jesse Eisenberg would have been perfect. Yeah, for I, can, I can see that. I can see that. So, Jimmy, before we go today, I do want to bring up that the uh, Facebook group is up and running for Almost Got Him, Batman the, a podcast about Batman the Animated Series. Of Have you gotten a gander at that website? I've gotten a gander at it, and a lot of people are uh, mentioning that to me and sending me like Batman stuff they find. Or uh, a friend of mine, his, uh, his name is Michelangelo. Uh, he sent me a picture of himself in a Batman costume. I'm oh, like, that's Yay, cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So people are seeing that this is thing we do, and uh, this is thing you can get. That's uh, self promotion, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, just uh, giving us a heads up and making us feel good about this thing we're doing. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate all the the likes. Um, Feel, uh, feel free to invite any of your friends to our group. Uh, spread the word. Share the link. Uh, also, on your podcast, whatever podcatcher that you listen to this on, please uh, rate us five stars. Um, tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell the people on the streets about our podcast. Uh, we're going strong here. And uh, there's something that I wanted to elaborate a little bit on before we also left today. 
Uh, earlier, you asked me my biggest fear, Jimmy. I did. You're going to ask me mine, aren't you? I will in a minute, but first, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my fear of commitment, as I brought it up earlier. And you brought up that, yes, the guy who's getting married is fears commitment. Oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, for those who don't <laughs> know, I am getting married a little bit later next year, and Jimmy right here will be standing with me as I marry my uh, beautiful wife. Yes. Uh, Jimmy and I have been friends uh, for 16 years, sweet 16 now, which makes me feel really, really oh my old. God. Yeah, I was 19. Our friendship can drive now, Jesus. Yeah, I was 19 at the time. I was drunk at a party, and I shaved my chest, and Jimmy filmed it, because Jimmy, for those that don't know, used to take his camera everywhere. He actually starting to do that again right now, I've mm -hmm. noticed, which yes. is fun. Mm -hmm. uh, Jimmy was used to have his, his own public access show. In Louisville, Kentucky, called I Eat Poop, which I watched in high school with my friends before I met him. So I thought it was really fun that he showed up at this party that I helped throw 16 years ago. And uh, since then, we have done like countless movies, a lot of different movies, yep, a lot of different of video projects. Now we're doing mm -hmm. this podcast. Mm -hmm. But there's one thing we have not done yet, and that. Brings up one of my questions to you, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. Since you will be standing with me at my wedding, would you like to stand next to me at my wedding as my best man? You're not doing this, are you? <laughs> I am doing this. Oh my God, don't do this to me. I can't believe he's doing this to me. That's why I didn't ask the question about your biggest fear earlier in the show. He's good. He's good. Yeah, of course I would. Yes. I have never cried in front of another person, <laughs> and I'm doing it now. This is a real moment, people. He did, had no moment. idea I, I was doing this. I don't do this. I don't get emotional. No. I work hard not to. Yes, Brandon. I, you on the side. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> we're, awkward, would, we're, we're awkward man children when it comes to like yes. feelings and stuff. Yes, I, I would totally do that. Oh, my God. That means I have. you're putting responsibilities that I am too weird to have, but I will do for you. I will do whatever I need to do. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're, and we're going to discuss that when we get off here. There's, uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I, I'm, I've, I've got something that will make your job a little bit easier. Oh, I good. think you'll like good. it. I think you'll like it. Oh, good. Are you putting a woman in charge? <laughs> I I am. Oh, is it Kelly? I have a best man and a best woman. Oh, that's so great. I'm so, so great. Yeah, Kelly was going to actually... So, uh, we do karaoke sometimes on Saturday nights. And last week, we went to the karaoke bar and my best woman, Kelly, who had asked... A few weeks earlier, th through a cameo with James Vanderbeek, by the way. Oh, my God. Which is a uh, celebrity me and her, like, big fans of. Um, she almost went up to you and asked you what you thought about being the best man. I had to oh literally stop her. <laughs> I was just like, he doesn't know yet. He doesn't know yet. We're trying to get that podcast going. I'm like, Kelly, he would never put that on like, me. Are you crazy? He always planned it for the Scarecrow episode. It's the whole fear thing. So, um Oh, look how you so, work this. So, you yes, this you uh, you will have help, and Kelly's already said oh, that she will God. do most of the bachelor party. I'm glad I need, I need a chaperone. I need someone to... Um, so. uh, I don't think that anyone else would have ever asked me this. Uh, going forward, this might be the only time I'll ever be a best man. I'll do the best I can, Brandon. I, I have faith in you, man. Thank you. <laughs> I love you, dude. So, Jimmy, what's your biggest fear? Oh, my God. <laughs> You're making me do shtick now after yep, that. Yep. Oh That's why I had God. to keep stopping. How can I do shtick now <laughs> after something like that? <laughs> Good Lord. Oh. All right, so let me just read what I have written here like it's something I just came up with. Uh, so, Brandon, I do want to say that during this podcast, my number one fear 
Actually, my number one fear did come true, but my number one fear <laughs> almost came true. My number one fear is almost forgetting to mention that I have a friend who has a cat named Commissioner Gordon. I don't know if I've mentioned that before, but this is the place I chose to do. Good night, everyone! Good and, night. and good luck, Brandon! You're good gonna, you're good gonna, luck, Jimmy! Yeah, oh my God, <laughs> Put gonna, it that way. I'm going to need it. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Almost Got Him, a Batman the Animated Series podcast. <laughs>